0: did. Steve said, it's a super Sunday. Aha! Uh-huh. Appreciate the super super that James is back. Yeah! Incredible to have you back, bro. You know, James is faithful in calling me on Skype. You know, unfortunately, my computer was left on most of the day, so sometimes he'd Skype me and I miss his calls because he, you know, you know, I'd be out of the office and I said, oh, James were to call me, but he lives nine hours away. Uh, so it was great to speak with him many times. I know uh, Lupe was also in there talking to James and a few others. And, you know, it's just great to have you back, James. We really miss you. We love you. And we're glad uh, you're home from uh, protecting Spain. Love it. Back to your roots. It's awesome. Well, I also want to welcome Ron and Renee Quince uh, to our service this morning. Great to have you guys here. Ron is uh, my mentor and my friend. He helps me uh, with the work in the ministry. You know, Ron and Ray have been doing this for uh, many, 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 many years, and their wisdom and their and their friendship and their insight is always appreciated in mine and Karen's life. Karen is at home with a sick child. Our daughter had a hundred over hundred degree fever yesterday. We missed the signs, you know, sometimes you can see the signs and you can quickly get in there. And we missed it and took her on the on the teen hike up the Wildwood Waterfall, which was awesome. Uh, and my daughter just pooped out, uh, fell, fell down last night, went to sleep and just it, it had a big fever. But we had a great time with you guys and uh, we appreciated uh, Seth and Christine uh, hosting that hike for us. It was incredible. It was awesome. So thank you so much, uh to the Hills family, it's really, it really was an inspiring. Did a little devotional for the teens, and uh, it was a great time. It really was. Um, Giants, Patriots. I do want to. Uh, I do want to lift up. I do want to lift up a brother, a faithful brother, an amazing brother, James Hogan. You know, James. Uh, he's wearing his uh, his Giants paraphernalia. And. Uh, you know, last week we, we, we made a mistake as a church. We publicly endorsed a team and we, we endorsed the 49ers. And, uh, you know, it was great. It was great because James didn't have any attitudes. He was, he was just faithful in Jesus. And uh, because of his faithfulness, the Giants defeated the 49ers and now they're in the Super Bowl. So I didn't wanted to encourage him this morning that, uh, you know, he really held, held faithful. You know, today we're going to have a lot of barbecues. Uh, I know the singles are going to have a big old barbecue at at Olivia and Cessie's house. It's going to be amazing. A lot of food there. Uh, And and there's many parties going on. And I I really hope you you invite your neighbors and really make it an incredible time for the community Mm -hmm. to really see disciples enjoying and having fun and really reaching out to their lives. You know, this morning uh, I'm going to cover the topic of vows. Oh, yeah. You know, in the book, it's is kind of later on toward the end of the book, if you're not there yet, I, I kind of skipped ahead uh, and-, and-, and really wanted to look at this-, this concept of vows. You know, a vow is a completely involuntary promise that you make to God. And I think we've all done that in one way or another. You may have not used the word, I vow. But you may have said to your heart, like, I promise. Or I'm going to do this. Yeah. Or I you know I'm tired of this sin. I'm going to change. We've all, in some way or another, have made vows to God and even to ourselves. You know, uh, there was a famous promise that was made in Super Bowl three. If you're an old school, you understand. Yeah. Joe Namath made a promise. Yeah. You know They were trying to, were trying to figure out who the best team was in the AFL and, and making the new league. And, and the Baltimore Colts, Colts were, the, were the favorites to win. And Joe was asked, who thinks you think going to win? He got, and he was, he was mad. He was like, we're going to win. And, and you take it out of the back. I promise you, we're going to win that game. And the odds were totally against them. And they played the game, and they won the game. You know, Joe Namath was famous for that. You know, people make vows to accomplish sometimes great feats. You know, when I was a junior in high school, I tried out for the uh, varsity football team. When I made it, I, w- I was so happy. But I was a third-string receiver, and I was behind uh, Johnny Banacha, uh, Russell, uh, this guy named Russell, real fast track guy, and oh, there. And 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 Johnny was a you know five foot seven guy. He was my 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 guy I looked up to. He was small, short, but he can catch the ball. And then there was Russell, and then there was me, and. Uh, I made a vow like I'm going to work hard and I'm going I'm I'm to get in the game. I'm going to get in one of these games this year. I'm going to get into one game. And uh, during the end of the season, we played at a high school called Pomona High School. And Pomona, we were blowing them out by 24 points with seven minutes left on the clock. And I said, my vow will be fulfilled today you know I grew up Catholic so we used to say that a lot I said I'm going to do it I'm going to get on the field so I was just waiting for my time I saw Johnny come out and I was like oh I'm so excited you're off the field like oh it's awesome Johnny you're not playing that's great get on the field let me on the field and so Russell went on the field and I was like alright when's Russell when's coach going to call Russell because I'm the third guy to go in and uh, Russell was still playing and, and it was like and I saw 10 9 8 7 Russell's not coming off the field And then my vow was fulfilled when I stepped onto the field to congratulate the other team's hand. I said, that was not what I wanted. So I was so discouraged. And sometimes you make vows and they don't come true. And you say, why did I do that? Why did I put myself out there? Why did I take the risk? So I went home that night. You know, I had the blackout. I don't know why I put blackout. I never played, but I always put the blackout. (laughs) You know, you're in the, the moment. Everyone's there. And they're putting it all. You want to feel left out, so you put it on. And you're like a, I never really played. And I got home that night. And I remember crying and crying in my bedroom. And crying. And I went to the mirror. And I said, I was crying. I was watch, trying to wash off the, you know, the blackout. And it wasn't coming off. And I was frustrated. And I'm saying, I will never, I would never want to feel this again. I'm going to work the hardest next year. I'm going to work the hardest. And I'm going to earn a spot to play in the game. Just in the game. And so there was no guarantees that you were, because you were senior, you played, because there was a lot of seniors who rode the bench. Because I went to a school where they owned, it wasn't just your city, it was the old county. Everyone came to this private school to play football. So it was kind of like an all-star squad, so it was very competitive. And so that following year, that summer, I worked out, I ran hard, uh, I asked the coach, give me a regimen, what can I do to, to work hard, to really get better, and he gave me a sheet. And I, I did everything he asked. And that still doesn't guarantee you playing time. And when the, when, the, when the first game started, the season started that week, I was selected to be a starting wide receiver for our high school. And I was so excited that I, that I made a vow to myself and I saw it fulfilled. There's nothing, there's no greater feeling when you make a vow and then you do it. Yeah. There's no greater feeling. You know, we see a lot of people make a lot of vows on TV, don't we? We see that, We you know, the biggest losers... That show, they're vowing, I want to lose weight dramatically. And when you see the stories, they're crying. They're going, I didn't think I could do this. And they did it. Sometimes you see, you know, heartbreak on The Bachelor or Bachelorette. They make promises, I love you. I'll love you forever. You're the girl of my dreams. You're the only girl in the galaxy that i ever want to be. And then it's broken. Then it never lasts. Vows. Let's take a look at this morning at Vows. Write the scripture down. Psalm 76. It reads this. Make vows to the Lord, your God, and fulfill them. You know, God encourages us to make vows. To make them and then fulfill them. You know, in the scriptures you get the sense that it was a regular part of their life. They'd make a little vow and they'd fulfill it. Sometimes we think vows are these huge, you know astronomical things. When really they're just kind of simple day-to-day vows. Today I'm going to love my wife. Today I'm going to listen to my wife. Today I'm going to encourage my wife. And I do it. I feel great when I do that. Just very simple vows that I can fulfill. Sometimes when we make a mistake, I'm going to do, I, like, I made a mistake. I'm going to lose 25 pounds this month. That never happened. I thought it was water weight. It was not water weight. <laughs> and I got a little discouraged. Because I started running. It wasn't the running, it was what I was eating. I'd run here, I'd run there, I'd go here, I'd run hills, I'd run, I'd do some sit ups. And I used that all. I had, a, I had a harder, a very hard, you know, a muffin top, as my, my daughter calls it. <laughs> Just the muffin top. It just got really hard because I was doing all these sit ups, but it just, it just, you know, re, re fortified the muffin top. <laughs> you know, and sometimes you get discouraged. You get down. You go, I'm trying so hard. God encourages us to take vows that we can fulfill. You know, in Deuteronomy 23, verse 23, it says, But if you refrain from making a vow, you will not be guilty. God doesn't hold it against you if you don't. But God definitely encourages us to do them. I think sometimes, some of us, we're just afraid to, to put ourselves out there. We're afraid to, to make, a, make a commitment to, for us, fulfilling something for God. And I think that's important on the topic of vows. You know, in Proverbs, you turn with me in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 25. There's a good, there's a good principle as we make our vows. And I relate to this very much. You may relate to it too, but if I know for me, this this, this, uh, rung true for me. Proverbs 20, verse 25. It is a trap for a man to dedicate something rashly and only later consider his vow. You know when the words get the best of you? When you say, I will never... Things like that. God encourages us to think about what we say in a vow and not get caught up in the moment, because we can get caught up in the moment and feeling the buzz. You might put the blackout on your face too, saying, "I'm going to say this vow," and I'm going to, because everyone's making these great vows. I'm going to go even greater, and then you realize that, wow, I really overspoke there. I really, I really can't do that. You know, in Judges 11, it's just a reference. Jephthah. You know, he was a man who made a rash vow. God, if you give me victory, uh, I'll sacrifice whatever comes out of my door. His daughter came out of the door. Oh, man. Rash vow. Bad news. Foolish words. Emotions run amok. This is not what God wants from us. You know, in Deuteronomy 23, verse 23, it reads this, Whatever your lips utter, you must be sure to do. Because you made a vow freely, freely, to the Lord your God, with your own mouth. You know, God just wants us to to understand something. Say what you mean, and mean what you say. There's nothing, you know, God's not expecting, you know, it it could be any vow. He's encouraging us to make even the simplest of vows. Today I will get up, this week I will have a quiet time every day. It's a simple vow. You know, this week I'm going to have a heart to talk to people and reach out to them. This month, I, I'm going to vow, I'm going to promise to God that I'm going to help the poor and needy. These are simple things that we can do, and I believe when you do them, they just build your faith. It feels good when you make a promise, and you fulfill it just feels good. It feels good when you make a promise to your kids, and then you do it. Sometimes you make promises to your kids, and you forget that you promised them, and then they remind you? You're like, ooh, I promised them that. And then you know, I stop what I'm doing and I go fulfill my promise. I try to do that a lot because sometimes I forget that I said these things but my kids have this memory like an elephant. No, yesterday on Wednesday at 2 or 3 o'clock you mentioned this. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> vows. They build our faith. It's not a negative thing. It's not a bad thing. It is a great thing. It is a spiritual thing to make a vow. You know, I have three Vows. That I want to encourage you to embrace. Number one, I want to encourage you to make a vow to be close to God. Mm, amen. It's a vow to be close to the Lord. That's a noble vow. God, I want to be close, which means I, mean, I don't ever want to leave you, Lord. I want to be close to you. No matter, no matter what trial, no matter what difficulties, I want to be close to the Lord. Look at me in Genesis chapter 28. A vow. To be close to the Lord. I like that vow. I encourage you to embrace that vow. Genesis 28. Verse 18. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone. He had a place. This is right after he had laid down and and saw the vision of the stairs of the angels. And he realized God was in this place. And he he was so encouraged. He was so excited. And uh, he took it under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and watch over me on this journey I am taking, and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear, so that I return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God. This stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. You know, this passage is rich in understanding our closeness. There's a trust. God, if you look after me, you'll be my God. A real relationship. And and he wasn't asking for much. He was asking for a safe journey back to his father's house. You know, Jacob wanted God to take care of life's basic necessities. He wanted food and shelter. You know, that reminds me of Matthew chapter 6 when Jesus says, hey, God knows you need food. Look at the sparrows. God knows you need clothes. Look at the the, the lilies. It's almost reminiscent of what Jesus emphasized. Hey, trust me. Trust God. Jesus says, food and clothes. Your father knows you need them. And the vow is, you will be my God. And then he says something insightful here. A proportional offering to God. He was going to give God a tenth of what he had. Because that was a connection to being close to God. Honoring God. I want to encourage you to make a vow to be close to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Spend time in the Word. Spend time praying. It's a vow worth making. Yep. It's a vow worth fulfilling. To go into prayer time and have your heart changed. Yeah. To read the Word and go, man, I'm going I'm to start obeying this Word. A vow to be close to God. Number two, a vow. I want you to. I want to encourage you to embrace. Number two, a vow to look after each other. Mm. You know, as Mike said, you know, I love what Mike shared today. He's like, yeah, I can't. We need. We need. I need the brothers in my life. Yeah. He he connects with that. Yeah. Yeah. And the challenge is going. Hey, I I need that. This has helped me mm-hmm. change seventy five percent of my life. Mm. And that's good because he's growing. Yeah. You're growing. Look in Galatians chapter 5. A vow to look after each other. To look after each other. Help each other. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Paul writes, You, my brothers, we're called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge a sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. You know, the entire law can be summed up in a single command. You know, there were 613 laws in the Old Testament. They can be summed up in one, he says. Serve each other love each other I get the sense that it's not an obligation I get the sense this is from the heart it's is much a deeper motivation than just okay I have to go help that brother I have to, you know I got a call from Jaime Diaz and to go help a, a grandmother move from the house I didn't know this woman because of my relationship with Jaime I'm like I'm, Jaime asked for help so I went down there and I, I saw the artists down there. And I saw, you know, Idam down there. I saw Dave Chin down there. Uh, it was an awesome. It was, just, it was just the brothers and helping this woman, this grandmother. We didn't know her, but we knew, we knew, we knew, we knew Hyman Luce. Because our love for them was like, it was easy. It was easy. It was an honor to help her. It was a no-brainer. I think John Spencer was there earlier that morning. It was just, a, it was just the heart because of the, of the relationships, you know, spending time with each other. Today you're gonna to do some of that, aren't you? Yeah. Gonna spend time with each other? It's good when Christians get together. It was good seeing the teens together. It was good seeing them horse around together. It was great seeing the Allen boys have a stick and start hitting their dad with the stick up the hill. It was just fun to see them goofing around with their dad. And Poe Poe's running. It was just it was just fun to be together. It was exciting. We had, we had a military cover from our, our brother Seth in charge of protecting everyone, making sure one of the kids got wandered away, and, and Seth ran in to find him. And only he could do that because everyone else would have had a heart attack up the hills. We, could, we wouldn't have made the run. Only he could do it. And he made the run. Because as you look at him, he's a specimen. He's a man who trains every day. to be rash? I knew I probably couldn't find that boy. Hey, <laughs> bro. Number three, a vow I want you to encourage you to embrace: a vow to seek and save the lost. You know, this is a, this is a noble vow. This is this sums up loving your neighbor as yourself. There's so much into this. And some of us, we, we, used to, we used to make this vow all the time, but some of us, we stopped committing ourselves to this vow. Yeah. You know, when you get married, you get kids, yeah. you get schedules, you get, you get soccer, you get baseball, you get basketball, it gets hard. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, the, the field is rich. Yeah. People are, are hungry, hurting, and lost. Yeah. You know, look at me in Acts 21. You know, our community is somewhat of a religious community. People tend to kind of know God, they grew up going God, They're, they've gone to church, they've visited church, they have they have their own church. I found an interesting passage here in Acts 21 about Paul and his life. And I thought it was an example that I can share with you guys. You know, Paul was visiting the Jerusalem church, and the Jerusalem church encouraged him to really spend some time with these Jewish men who had made a vow and are about to complete this vow and they encouraged Paul to join them in the process. And in verse 22 it says, Take these men, join in their purification rites. In other words, you know he's a Christian, but he's joining in the, in the Jewish ritual here. And pay their expenses so that they can have their heads shaved. Then, anybody, then everybody will know that there is no truth in these reports about you, but that you yourself are living in obedience to the law. You know, Paul was encouraging, encouraged by these, these, these uh, leaders in the church. But Paul's, Paul's heart was, I want to win as many as... If this is what it means, I want to do this, to win. Because we know in 1 Corinthians 9, he writes, To the Jews, I became a Jew. Like a Jew. To win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one of those under the law. As to win those under the law. He was trying to relate. Reach out. And I think a lot of people relate to us because they're religious. No matter what religious system they have, they have a religious system. And sometimes we, we think, well, just because they're, they're, they, they know God, they're in the Bible, that we, st- we can't connect with them and help them to even deepen their understanding. The way Priscilla and Aquila deepened Apollos' understanding. They showed him a, a more adequate way. And he was, uh, he was preaching about Jesus. He was religious. But the, the attitude to and the vow to, to seek and to save the lost. Look at me in First Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to read about His attitude. His, 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 his devotion. To seeking and saving. It's a vow worth making. It's a vow worth keeping. It's a lifelong vow. To live our lives. To seek and save the lost. You know, I was lost. Someone found me. I'm grateful. You were lost. And someone found you. Someone reached out to you. Maybe they made a vow. And look where you're at today. This is a vow that's worth keeping. In verse 26, he explains, Therefore, I don't run like a man running aimlessly. I don't fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. You know, I, I, there's a couple of things I want to point out. Saving the lost cannot be done without a purpose. There needs to be a focus on it. Otherwise, you just kind of run around aimlessly hoping, but nothing ever happens. It takes a purpose. It takes a decision. It takes a, hey, I'm going to share my faith type of promise this week, Today. I'm going to share with Jim in the cubicle over there. I'm going to go over there at lunchtime and I'm going to invite him out. It's that kind of purpose. Sometimes we think, yeah, I need I ought to reach out to my co-workers, but then it's I, I ought to, and there's really no commitment behind it. And we don't do it. I do a lot of iaudas. I, I ought to do this, I ought to do that. Karen's like, "You ought to give me some roses once in a while." I'm like, "Oh, I should." I ought to. But for our anniversary, I gave her 12 roses throughout the day. Way to go, buddy. You know, she's so encouraged. She was very encouraged. I was getting fired up. I was starting to cut my neighbor's roses. I'm going to cut all these things and give them the camera all. You're free, free. Got excited. Things we do to impact people has to be done with a purpose in mind. We have to focus on it. Number two, what I notice here is that we can't swing wildly on it. We got to make our schedules a priority. Yeah. We just can't hope it happens. Or hey, if I get around it, we got to make our schedules. We got to make this. Uh, is this is important. If I'm going to, I want to I want this vow, I want this promise to God. Hey, I got to kind of look at my schedules and say, how is this going to happen? Right. Otherwise, you just swing wildly at it. Yeah. You're just swing for the fact you're hoping, and hoping, and nothing happens. And then you get more reluctant to make the vow. Yep. See, this vow is attached to life circumstances. Number three, what I notice here is that. We ought to make ourselves do it. You ever have to make yourself do it? Yeah, you do it every day. You have to go to work. We're like, I don't want to go to work, but I I'm going to work. We do that every day. I don't want to be there. I don't like people there. I don't even like the company. But I'm gonna make myself go. We do it all the time. So why don't we do it spiritually? We make a decision to do it in the morning at seven six thirty a.m. Come on, Gio. Let's spiritualize that yes. to seeking and saving the lost. You know you got to make yourself do it. You know you're at Starbucks in the morning, going like, "There's a lot of people in here," and I just I just want my you know my grande you know drip. I just want to you know I just want to be alone. You got to make yourself do it. If you don't decide to make yourself do it, you're going to go in that store, you're going to buy that coffee, and you're going to leave by yourself. You've never said a word. You've got to make yourself do it. You've got to make your schedule do it. Hey, we're going to go to our neighbor's house. We're going to go door knocking today. Hey, we're going to go reach out to these, to these soccer parents. You know, we're going to invite them over. You do it. You've got to make yourself do it. Otherwise, we're swinging for the fences. And lastly, what I noticed in this passage, there's a great prize for those who win souls. God has this amazing prize and, and reward for us. It is a noble thing. To seek and save the lost. So let me encourage you this morning. Number one, make a vow to be close to God. Number two, make a vow to look after each other. And number three, make a vow to seek and to save the lost. Have a great Super Sunday. We love you guys.